This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. where we speak to women of influence and leadership. Mindshare is a global agency network of 10,000 people across 86 countries. How are they planning to continue to get the mindshare of clients, pun intended, here in Malaysia? I'm here with Sheila Shamugam, the CEO of Mindshare Group, to find out more. So, good morning, Sheila. Good morning, Frida, and thank you for this meeting and looking forward to this conversation. Right. Now, in your role at a Mindshare Group, you oversee Mindshare, M6, and Neo, and I think there's one more. Oh, I just opened mine. Open mine. So, can you tell us what each does? Okay. Now, uh, Mindshare started off in Malaysia 24 years ago. We just celebrated our uh, our 24th anniversary uh, on 1st of April. So we are 24 years young in Malaysia. And the foundation of Mindshare has always been the uh, global international clients. Uh, for example, the Unilever's, the, 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 the uh, what do you call, uh, uh, Nestle's of the world, right? So that's how the foundation of this company is built. It's more on global regional clients. Uh, well, so if you look at um, M6, M6 uh, is also a global network, our HQ is in UK and um, M6 in Malaysia specifically uh, when we set up and I had the privilege of setting it up in 2015 and uh, we started off from ground zero and it is more for our local global clients. We bring the global practices to our local clients. So if you look at the client roster that we have at M6, we are primarily our local MNCs, uh, our local GLCs as well as SMEs. Whereas if you look at um, NEO, NEO is um, an affiliate marketing company and uh, this is a specialist function that we actually have uh, within, within Mindshare Group. Um, and Open Mind is set up for Nestle. We recently won uh, the Nestle business in the uh, uh, beginning of this year. So, you know, we, we actually set it up as a, a separate agency. It's a 1419, so it's an agency of its own. So these are the four agency brands that we actually manage. Right. Now, you've been in this industry for over two decades. Um, what continues to amaze you to be in this industry for so long? Okay, let me let me just start. You know, it's it's like a memoir of two point five decades, right? Two and a half decades. It's actually it's actually not. If I wouldn't call it a memoir, I call it a manual that I review as I progress. And a couple of things, right? Um, I got I got you know into media by accident. I was introduced to the dynamics of the of the media industry by my husband then, and I, I still remember very clearly what my husband said to me. He said, "Take a step." backwards in order to go forward because I was already uh, in, in a different industry and uh, to get into media I actually took a 50% pay cut and I started off as a, as a junior exec uh, so so part of uh, part of my success today in the media industry I, I attributed to my husband who supported me throughout my formation years in the industry what were you doing before? I started off in HR then after that uh, in, a, in a fitness health and beauty network then um, so I, I spent a good um, four years five years in that in that business and you know before I move on to media and to ascend to the top um, step by step um, in, 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 in media comes with its own challenges and constraints as well. There's a lot of hard work 
resilience and, um, and and thank God I must say in hindsight that I stayed long enough in challenging situation, be it a client situation or an agency situation, to learn how to navigate critical situation. And that actually built my resilience in weathering what I've seen in the media industry over the last two and a half decades. Um, and, and I'm also a true believer in growth mindset and a lifelong learning. And I was, I, I, I mean, I wasn't uh, privileged like many other uh, friends of mine as students, right? I had to uh, start work uh, immediately after my secondary school due to my family situation. So I worked and studied all my life and that's where the behavior started and till today I'm a student. So, so I have this fear, you know, I have this fear that what I know might not be good enough in setting the benchmark for the team that I need. Uh, and that's not enough. What what we're doing today, I still feel is not enough. So there's a lot more to do. There's a lot more to learn. And that's what keeps me going in, the, in this industry. Right. And you talk about... Uh some challenges, right, to be in this space. It's, it's, I know it's a very challenging industry. What were some key moments for you? Okay, some of the key moments, uh, it's always about talents. It's always about clients because our business is run by clients' contract. Mm. So um, it's always it, it will always be decisions that we have to make critical decisions that we have to make on clients' businesses. And, um, you know, clients are, are continuing to be, I mean, they have their own demands internally. Every industry is going through some form of transformation and so are our clients and our business. So the demands that they put forward and the pitches that happens, you know, when global global clients on pitches, this is a big business, you know, it runs into, um, um, it could go into 50 to 100 million ringgit worth of businesses that we're talking about when it comes to pictures. So this really will push us to, you know, to think about all the other solutions, why the client should continue with us. Hmm. You know, why should why should the client still be with us when there are so many other options outside there, right? So how do we how do we keep them with us? How do we keep them engaged with us? How do we keep them delighted with us? So these were some of the things that I learned, whether it's a local client like Malaysia Airlines or whether it's in Nestle, which is an international business. You also personally talk about some social and cultural barriers you had to overcome. What, what is it that, you know, you had to overcome? Um, social and cultural, I, I think in terms of, I would, I would I'll frame it as opportunities. Okay? Uh, I, I think it's a lens that we wear to see things, right? So uh, in, in terms of um, social opportunities, I always uh, looked at myself as nothing less than anybody else. Although I do come from, uh, I, I would say, in, in, you know, if you were to look at uh, the economic strata from the family that I come from, could be B40 or M40 then, but I never allowed that to be my barrier. I always looked at that as an opportunity and people who are around me have always supported and helped me. So, um, and, and that that takes me to the accountability and the trust that the company has actually um, given you, right? I mean, if, if I'm a true believer in, you know, while I, I believe in, in, in growth mindset, I also believe in the trust and the accountability that um, that's given on to you. And, and um, that is how you develop and grow in the same place. I've been in the same company for the past 10 years and uh, I, I and, and, and you just develop and you learn and you rely on your support system to grow with the company and be part of, and, and lead the change, lead the growth that is necessary. Um, and while you do that, um, you know, your career growth, your career advancement will come. 
you know you don't have to actually go and oversell yourself to or, or jump from one agency to another agency which always happens in order to uh, look for advancement right right okay and one of the things that I saw on Mindshare's website uh, it talks about precisely human intelligence and intentional use of media right how does that translate to the clients intelligence use of media actually it's a very loaded statement right intelligence use of media today if you look at it uh, from where we started it all started off with traditional media then we moved on to digital in fact Mindshare was the first agency to even start a digital division you know way back in 2002 2003 and uh, if you look at um, intelligence use of data intelligence use of media this is going back to data I mean those who own the data owns the future and there's something that we all um, are aware of so how do we use uh, media intelligently by looking at the data and the insights that come with it and we look at the human behavior customer behavior you know so that we support that with our solutions that we take to the client. Okay. I want to get your thoughts a little later about how do we retain the creative industry. But we'll discuss that in just a moment. I'm here with Sheila Shamugam, the CEO of Mindshare Group. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Backing female ministers. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. And this is where we speak to women of influence and leadership. Sheila Shamugan, the CEO of Mindshare Group, is here with me. You know, Sheila, you created a paradigm shift through your turnaround strategy, achieving a 24% growth, which is colossal, uh, amidst staggering drops in media spends during the pandemic. So how did you manage to achieve that? What was your strategy? I'm going to be very honest to tell you, Frida, I, this is something that I think is by design and by default, okay? In 2020, right smack when we were hit by the pandemic, we also lost one of our biggest account, one of the biggest revenue driver, right? So, um, and with all organization, when they say something like this happens, so where do you cut? And one of the things that they wanted me to uh, look at is, you know, workforce and do we move people? And to me, I stay true by the team that I work with because um, as a team, we've achieved a lot. And this is one of those difficult moments that we're going through just like every other industry. And uh, we stick together and we said, okay, how do we turn around the business? What are the opportunities within the business? and externally that we can look at. So there were two strategies. One is to uh, exploit what we already know, our best practices. How do we actually uh, fine-tune and um, you know deliver more on the benchmark that we do um, and perfect that better so that you know it gives us an edge over uh, you know for cost competency. That's one area. The other area is explore the underserved market. For example, we went after uh, we, we we crafted our solutions for the Malay. SMEs. You see, um, there's a different nuance when you man- when you manage uh, Malay SMEs. You know, even the language, um, yeah. you know, your presentation, your demeanor. You know, that, that's how you, we, we had to actually cultivate those culture in order for us to actually go after this business. And uh, uh, we went in and we partnered with a very good uh, SME businesses, which actually gave us a good leverage and a good start for us uh, to start off a division just to do SME business, Malay SME right. business. 
So that actually fueled us uh, and gave us the opportunity even to start on consulting. So in, in, in within a span of about uh, six to eight months, we actually turned around the business by when we closed end 2020, we were at par. We didn't, mm. it wasn't a, 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 a loss business that we didn't lose uh, anything onto the PL. We managed our PL well. We did not let go of people. Uh, we retained people who were with us. And in fact, that year, we even paid uh, bonus and increments wow. um, based on merits, you know. Um, so those are some of the things that we actually looked at. So the, the word here is resilience. And this resilience actually came from um, my pre- all my previous experiences that, you know, it is another downtime. Yes, it's the worst of the time, but it does not mean that, you know, we have to give up. Right. You know, when I hear your story, people either fly, flight, fight or freeze, right? I think a lot of people froze and you decided to fight. Yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah you're right. Absolutely about that. Yeah. And, and what was interesting was then you looked at uh, new markets and you and not to listen to the fact that, oh, nobody's got money, that kind of thing. But there is still money, but you've got to look at new markets. And and looking at that, you, you, in, in such situations, I do have my management team who tells me, oh, things are very bad. Clients are not spending. You know, we won't we won't be able to, uh, you know, look at the direction that we set. I said, I don't want to listen to all that. If we want to take the route of, uh, of uh, what do you call, uh, benchmarking ourselves to what is not going well, we will always stay there. We have got to look at opportunities that, you know, what will propel us just not during the pandemic, but also beyond that. I want to talk about talent management, right? How do you attract and retain or nurture talent? Okay, this if you look at the advertising industry, media industry specifically, at any point in time, uh, Frida, we have got something like um, a few hundred vacancies. So in such situation, what will happen is talent poaching and, uh, you know, throwing money always happens. Um, so it's not, if you look at the quality of talents that we have today, we do have to up the quality and uh, we have to normalize in terms of, um, you know, what we, uh, the packages that we pay our talents but unfortunately given this, uh, the current situation and when accounts move uh, this is what happens you know I mean when new businesses come in um, you know immediately the client would expect you to start work within two months so where, where are you going to find the people so the easiest way is to pay and to hire right but we at, at, at Group M specifically um, uh, Mindshare Group uh, we always believe that uh, talent retention is a long term thing it's just not the money but it's also the progress that we provide for our people, right? Um, so we, we manage talent retention in terms of how do we do career pathing? How do we provide mobility? Because after all, we are an international agency. There's so much of opportunity for people who want to move, uh, whether from within the agency group or out of the country to other uh, uh, to other countries to you know to, to look at uh, opportunities to work uh, in, in uh, overseas, right? So these are some of the things that we put into place. And we also do uh, performance management in a very transparent manner ever since um, you know we came on board uh, we, we looked at you know how do we actually look at performance management in a very transparent manner and uh, provide um, um, 
what do you call opportunities for our talents within to progress faster? How do we fast track them? So that that's more in terms of what we look at internally. But externally, what we are also doing is that we are speaking to colleges and universities to see how do we do um, management training for and also graduate placements. Uh, if you look at um, the syllabus that you, they have in universities, there's no media is not a thought program. Media could be the understanding of media is PR. It's not the performance marketing. It's not the uh, media management that we are doing uh, in, in currently, right? So um, two areas. One is to look at a graduate placement program, a management training program, as well as how do we actually look at the syllabus uh, that universities um, have right now uh, in their marketing uh, in their marketing division. You know, uh, how, how can we influence the modules, uh, the uh, thought program that they have at university. So that's something that's ongoing right now so that we don't end up right now uh, I, I mean you you walk into any agencies they will have at least about 10 open positions moving forward in the creative industry do you think it'll be a case of having to hire full-time employees or do you see this where we're working with with freelancers in the future creative when you say creative uh, agencies uh, where they produce the output um, they're already working with freelancers but media uh, it's more in terms of uh, full-time commitment full-time commitment is more because of uh, the rigor and the knowledge that we require the um, the tools that we actually have that we train our people to use uh, and it's more of uh, uh, more of for that reason and, and and you know the strategy and the output is more in terms of the long term that we require so it's not so much of something that they can come in and, and, and out although we do have freelancers um, on a very small scale maybe one or two but majority or the large portion of what we do are people who are working with us full time. In terms of what clients are wanting from their brands right now, and it's a very broad question, I know. What can SMEs, how should SMEs be thinking in terms of building their brand moving forward? Uh, we have a couple of nice cases that, you know, uh, especially during the pandemic, right? Uh, during the pandemic, SMEs, the SMEs were struggling to go on uh, to digital. How do they digitize? How do they create a platform where you know, end-to-end services can actually be provided. Um, and this I'm talking about right from a tuition center to um, to fashion in, uh, to fashion that's been created for um, uh, on, on a very low end, like for example, for a 69 ringgit, you can actually get something that clothes that you don't have to iron. It's more targeting the government and the, and the, B, and the, and the B40 group, right? So we took on businesses like that. So it's a lot of um, education that they provide um, and it's a lot of um, hand-holding in many cases. Uh, and uh, what SMEs uh, need to look at is, and their and their challenge continues continuously be, you know, if they have two hundred thousand or hundred thousand or even fifty thousand, that has to milk like ten times more for them because that's really coming up from their uh, from from their from their sales. So it's all tied back to sales. So where am I going to get the next sales? That's the, always the question. So. Uh, it's a, it's a continuous learning and, and uh, education process that we actually do to bring them to the forefront of uh, digitalization. So what's next for Sheila? What's next for Sheila? I am actually very excited about people. I'm always excited about continuous learning. So what I have 
uh, learned from this industry as well as what I am learning and what I'm going to learn is something that I would like to impart and uh, I would like to um, share that with people who come into the industry. It's going to be more in terms of coaching, guiding, training and getting and setting them up uh, to succeed because, you know, I've, I've done it so I am going to take a back step and the forefront are going to be our people who are going to run the business just like how I have the management team who's doing that. I've got uh, four very, very, um, very, very uh, smart um, drivers that I have, you know, and, and they are going to be the forefront of uh, Mindshare Group. And uh, I'm going to really like empower, provide everything that is necessary for them to take this forward. All right. I'm looking forward to seeing that progress. I've been speaking to Sheila Shamugam, the CEO of Mindshare Group. You've been listening to Higher Advantage. I'm Frida New, the FM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.